Welcome to Level Up Academy, the podcast that's dedicated to the higher education community that brings you countless stories of employees, students, and faculty's journey in this remote world we live in. We are expanding our podcast to business leaders and community experts who are sharing their story and adversity that each one of us experience to inspire and inform our world. This is your host, Dr. Leland, a serial educator, an opportunities designer, and a compassionate leader. Hello, Level Up listeners. This is your host, Dr. Leland from Level Up. Today, I have a special guest. I know I say special guest every introduction because every single person I talk to at Level Up is special. Today, we have Tony Kitchens. Tony, introduce yourself to our listeners. Thank you, CJ, for the introduction. I really appreciate it. My name is Tony Kitchens, and I am an entrepreneur and author. And I've been an entrepreneur for 31 years, and I'm only 51 years old. So what that translates to is a lot of ups and downs for the majority of my life. That's awesome. Okay, so first question. Can you sum up the last 20 years of your life? Great question. Nobody's ever framed it that way. One thing that I would say is that life has been a roller coaster. And I used to like roller coasters when I was young and energetic. And the older you get, you have less tolerance for the ups and downs of life. In my life, I have experienced great success and I've experienced loss, just like many of the listeners have. And it's what you become in the process that really matters. And that's what I've learned about myself. During the tough times, you you don't build character, but you recognize character. You recognize that you're resilient. You recognize that you can get through it, although in the moment, it's extremely difficult. But afterwards, you look back and you say to yourself, wow, how did I even get through that? I think the past 20 years have shown me that I'm able to get past the challenges that life throws. That's actually great to to say that. Now, being an entrepreneur all this long, three decades, right? What have you seen differences and similarities in our economic status right now, like as a, as a business person? I know it's kind of different because of COVID. Nobody planned for COVID, nobody. But yeah. how do you kind of stay afloat when everything else is shut down or slowed down? But it's a great question. What I do is I lean back on the foundations of distractions. There's so much noise out here. When I mean noise, what I mean by noise is the social media posts on Instagram and different platforms, and everybody's showing you their best. And during tough economic times, when the average person is sitting at home trying to figure out how to juggle between rent and mortgage and car note and tuition and maybe celebrating an anniversary if you can afford to, then you look at social media and people are flying on private planes and they're taking pictures on boats and they're out on islands. 
And what that does is it creates a situation where the average person looks at their situation and their circumstances and they feel less than. They feel like, where did I go wrong? Or what did these other people do right that I didn't do that they're able to thrive during these tough times? And the thing that I would tell you was this. There was a stat that came out, I believe it was maybe a week ago, that the average American either does not have $600 to their name or can't go out to friends and family to get $600 in the case of emergency. So if you look at that, there's 337 million people in America, 8 billion people across the world. And the vast majority of the people are in that same position. But 90% of the people on social media are living up this good life. What that tells you, there's a disconnect there. So from a financial standpoint, the thing that I would say right now is it used to be a time when you didn't have this fake society and all you saw were the people who you interacted with on a daily basis in your neighborhoods and where you worked. And they lived very average lives just like we did. And what that did was it made you feel like you were more part of society. It made you feel more normal. Now you have these super, super exotic lifestyles that you see. And for some reason, it doesn't click with the average person. You can't quite relate to it. And the financial landscape, especially here in the U.S., is one where opulence and exotics and abundance is is celebrated but the people who grow businesses at five percent or ten percent a year or people who have an average life and they've had a career working at the same job for 20 30 years all of those people are just considered mediocre today and it's the total opposite of reality yeah isn't that sad <laughs> Uh, honestly and and you know when you you we tell our children like okay at least me like you can't compare yourself to anybody but somehow you still are doing it and it's just that mindset that needs to click and that's why i love this podcast is because we get to talk about what the problem is and what the possible solutions are and it really is about changing your mind and not comparing yourself a hundred percent that you can't help it. Okay. It's just human nature where you compare yourself to the next door, you know, or that neighbor or that friend that's on the Instagram. But at the end of the day, you have to be grateful. I think we are so not grateful for what we have. When people are complaining about their life, I'm like, you still have two hands and two legs and you have, you can see there are people out there who are blind, who are working people out there that don't have legs who are working literally what is your excuse other than just complaining right and so i think that mindset of handout our culture is giving a lot of handouts it seems like it's breeding new generations of i don't have to work so hard because everyone's gonna bail me out i mean i couldn't have said it better you're absolutely correct if you look at customer service today and as a business owner and owner of several businesses in the past I cringe when I have to walk into any facility and have service done. I, I went to take a vehicle to get an oil change a few months ago. It took three days, three days to get an oil change. I had to leave my vehicle there for three days. And when I went to pick it up, the manager was so mad. 
so furious. And what he said was, the workers don't want to work. And he said they have to literally beg their employees to come to work. And employees felt empowered because they knew, hey, I'm a certified mechanic. You can't just replace me tomorrow. So I'll come into work when I want to. I'll leave early. And if you fire me, you're going to put yourself in a worse position. So the customer service has just gone horribly wrong during this time. And you're absolutely right. There's just too much free money thrown around where people can buy the things that they want and provide for themselves without physically working. And that has really spoiled, you know, the, the, it, it has spoiled society to think that that's the norm and that's not the norm. And we have to, in our lives and in our households, we have to realize that there's a, there's a real simple formula for being able to do okay in life. When I say okay, not to struggle, because none of us wants to struggle. I wouldn't want anyone in your audience to struggle. But there's a simple formula. It's work. You have to work. You have to live within your means. You have to set some goals. You have to take steps every single day to try to accomplish those goals. And you have to be kind to others. And you have to live a life of gratitude and appreciate what you have today, but still have expectation that you're going to be able to do better tomorrow. And those basics, if you really live that life and understand that, because those really are the basics, if you understand that those principles, then it's easier to block out some of what you see on social media because it's hard to avoid it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you said that. I see your principles as a core competency for successful people. When I see success, right, because success is such an arbitrary word. It's my success is so different than your success, right? My success would be like just having a conversation and having a podcast out there. It doesn't matter what numbers it is as long as someone's listening to it, right? That's really what my goal was. I don't have like, I need to have 100,000. If you listen to it, great. And if you don't, don't. But at the same time, what I just, my goal is really simple. It's just to put people's story out there so someone can out there also get inspired. And it just a spiral. I want to create a community where everyone, I can't say everyone has to get along because obviously we're not getting along still. It's been how many hundreds of years, thousands now, really, right? And we're been at war. And I was talking to my girls about that because they were like, mom, I'm part Chinese. And they're like, mom, didn't the Chinese also like murder their own kind? Like tons of them. Like, yeah, there's a lot of wars in China. Yes. Thousands of years ago, they do it, you know, and thousands of years later, we're still doing it. But honestly, if you look at the root cause of the problem, ask yourself, why are you guys fighting? Why? Because, because, because what? You want to control people, right? You want that word control is just so powerful. But see, entrepreneurs like us, small business owners like us, gets to have to innovate ways to actually help people to make sure that they can stay afloat. But what kind of traits have you seen like in your own business, right? As a business owner, what kind of traits that you see that are consistent? Like this is the 
lists for say like top three lists that you said this is you have to do no matter what covid pre-covid during covid post-covid this is what you got to do to stay afloat yes cj that's that's really good i would say that the developing the mindset for success is not unique to entrepreneurs it's it's the head of a household it's the head of a of a religious institution, it's the head of an organization, a school. It's what happens when things don't go as planned. And these aren't things that that all of us are born with. What happens is when you look at those things, how do people survive in those traits? They aren't born with them, but they, they develop them out of necessity. So if I was able to list, if I was going to list a few of them, I would say it's Resilience, which means that when you get knocked down, you find a way to get back up. That's one. The second thing is patience. Because you realize that you have no control over what anyone else does. You barely have much control over the things that come your way. But you have to have patience because a lot of times in business and anytime you're in a leadership position or when you're going through a tough time, the solution is probably going to be something external and you have to wait for that to develop. So I would say those are two. I think the third thing is faith. And I'm not talking about religious faith. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is you have to know within yourself that whatever circumstance or situation you're in today, that it's going to be a short time for you to live within that. That the, the phrase I love is this too shall pass. As entrepreneurs, as leaders, one thing that we know is tomorrow can always look very different than today. And today, it probably looked a lot of different than yesterday. So it's a matter of time for your circumstances change as long as you're doing the work. So those are the top three things that I can think of right now. But those things, again, are only developed when you're tested. You're not, you don't come out of the womb with those characteristics. You don't come out of the womb with that level of, of wisdom. That's something that you only obtain after you're brave enough to sit in the circumstances and figure out a way to move past it and then work with it. I'm thinking of circle of fire, <laughs> like those tests, like, is it hot enough? It, am I going to get burned? I don't know. We'll just have to see, right? Uh, yeah, I can just picture that. I'm, I'm a kinesthetic learner and I'm a visual learner, so I have to like visualize what you say. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be hot fire right there, Tony. I don't know. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're right, though. I, I think... Wisdom comes experienced, but like you said, sometimes if you just sit here, do nothing, you can do that too, right? If we didn't connect, there was no conversation. Absolutely. Right? But you're willing to just say, hey, I would like to have a conversation with you and see where it goes. And I think that's where spark happens and things happen and it keeps moving. Now, as a business owner, to another business owner or like a startup business, what would your advice be? The first thing I would say is to find a mentor. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, because when you start any new business, 
there's again you go back to this noise this word noise there's so much noise out here of people selling this and selling that and having their opinions about how things should be but you really want to find a mentor and a mentor is simply a person or a group of people who have been where you're looking to go or who are today where you're looking to go and what they can do is they can accelerate the process and it's not that you're trying to skip steps that's not it at all but cj if you and i were driving down the street and you said okay we need to stop and your husband we need to get something for your husband on the way no problem if i know that road already then it's very easy for me to say hey cj make a left well, you know what? Don't go, don't go down this particular street because there are a lot of potholes. You're going to damage your car. That's what a mentor can do. They're not going to drive the vehicle for you, but they're going to help you avoid those potholes. They're going to help you get perspective when times are tough. When you have the opportunity to call your mentor and say, hey, I'm having issues with trying to find the right people and I can't keep the right people employed. And you call them up and they say, hey, that's easy. I've been through that a hundred times in the past 10 years. This is what you can do. Think about it this way. That's what a mentor can do. But you can only have mentors who have experience. If, CJ, if you and I are in the same place in line at a store, I can't help you much and you can't help me much. We're just there together in the same spot, right? But a mentor has to be somebody who has deep experience and wisdom and, and knowledge. And that only comes with time. Yeah, yeah, and experience. I think the other thing that I've noticed, too, is from the old school way, that's how I say it. Like, my parents always say, you know, anybody can help you, but the people who are much older than you can help you better. I used to believe that until I see a lot of driven young people. And I'm talking about half my age, okay? You and I are almost close to age already. I'm talking about half our age. And they are so driven. They've seen so many things. They've run companies already. And I don't actually take them not to be as a mentor because I think they can be a mentor for even younger generations to say, this is what I do. Like, for example, the CEO of Canva, she's only 35, but she owns a $26 billion company, right? And we use her products every day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, to me, it used to be where age was my kind of checklist, right? To be a mentor. Now it's more of like drive and like a virtual resume that I'm looking at to align myself with people. It doesn't matter to me if you're 15, if you already written a book, you run a company and you're 15, you're driven. Therefore, you have that market of young generations to be because at the end of the day, Tony, you and I are, are aging every day. You know, whether we like it or not, it's going to be our kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be our kids, our grandkids, yeah. that's going to run this company, that's going to run this country, that's going to run this world, right? We need to basically leave them with a better world than what we're doing right now. How are we doing that? Mentorship. So if I see people 15, 12, I don't care how old you are, 20, bring it. I want you because I want my great grandkids, my kids to have a future better than today. Someone that cares, someone who's not greedy, someone who doesn't just care about the bottom line, but not the people along with it, right? Mm -hmm. Because I believe that business can run 
evenly. Like, for example, I was just having a podcast recording before you with a 20 year old and she already owned three companies. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about green acid and she was talking about like she's basically for women. And I said, did you know that my dissertation was about executive women in the Philippines and in the United States? I literally went to Korea and Philippines to interview executive women in person for my dissertation. I will never do that again, by the way. I'd rather just go to the internet and Google my research than do it. It was very expensive and difficult, but I wanted to have a really good grasp. And I found out that America, we, we scream for equality, but we are at the top bottom when it comes to employing executive women. Why is that? Right? You think you would have everything and it's not. China is communist. 63% of China's executive women are CFO. Mm. What is wrong with that picture? (laughs) Right? I think you bring up a good point when you mention the young people, which is nothing gets done in the world without energy and wisdom. And when you look at the combination of the two, it's the young people who are going to have the energy. It's the older, more experienced people who are going to have the wisdom. And one can't survive or live without the other if we want things to be balanced, so to speak. And the thing I'll tell you about success is when things are going well, everything moves so fast. Everything is just moving so quickly that you don't really have time to contemplate much about life and is this the right direction and things of that nature. Because now what you're really doing, if you can imagine, you're you're people say you drink water out of a out of a fire hose. That that's one of the way ways that you can describe it. Or you're trying to catch a ball that's thrown at you at hundred miles an hour. It's difficult. You're just trying to manage that, the growth, the speed at which things are moving at. When you face difficulties, though, life slows down to a crawl. And in those times and in those moments, when you're sitting there and it's quiet, it's 3 a.m., and you're faced with these difficulties and you don't know where to go, you don't know who to reach out to, it just seems like life is passing by and you're the only ones going through it and you sit there and it's a very lonely place. But what I would suggest is that's where we find our true selves. When life throws things at us, a lot of times it's a test. It's a test to see if we are really determined to get to the place where we say we want to go. Are we really resilient enough to deal with this challenge because there are going to be some bigger ones down the road. And if you can't pass this test, how are you going to get to that place that you say you want to go? So when you look at the young people, young CEOs who are running companies and who are out here doing big things, I love to see them with mentors who have the experience to say, all of that is good and that's great. Don't forget about this along the way. Don't forget about that along the way. And not to tell them what to do, but again, just to give them perspective. And I think that combination of age and wisdom and experience, that's what can help us globally with 
not just business, but just our lives. That's we we don't tend to value our older generations much anymore. We look at them as being obsolete and they don't know how to use technology. But I'll tell you one thing, when you sit down and you talk to an older person, a grandparent, even if it's not yours, you talk to an older person, they have so much perspective mm-hmm. and they provide just, you sit there and it's, it's so refreshing to hear real people talk about real situations and what they've been through and how they got through them. And those are priceless times. That's what I, I would hope for our young people and anyone who's going through a challenge. Yeah, definitely. I love my war stories for my grandma. When the Japanese invaded the Philippines and what she did and what her family did. To me, that's like a movie, but in real life, you know, but the, the decisions that she made, their family that they made. And I tell my kids you know what happened and what's happening and why it's important for them to know and I think it's in Japan I don't know if it's in Japan but I told my husband I'm like you know I'd like to talk to Congress basically because we have a lot of aging baby boomers are aging right and like you said no one cares about their grandparents in Japan actually the grandma and grandpa who doesn't have family they they steal and they want to get caught so they can get sent to jail so they can have roof over their head and food over their tummy they literally do it purposely right because they're lonely and they don't have anybody and I said can you imagine this is my goal if someone just give me money and the resources I would love for young people right um, you know how we put money to social security and we probably will not see it. Maybe. I don't know. Can you imagine if you volunteer as a young person to to basically care for the older generation and then you basically deposit it as your time card? So, for example, like if I volunteer 10 hours a week to somebody specifically, like some of my time card and they would sign it electronically or whatever, it would be deposited as like a social security, but for time. So that when I get old, somebody else will take care of me of however many hours that I volunteer. And it's just a cycle so that no other older people will ever be alone in their life. And we are all taken care of. Yeah, sounds like a good business idea, CJ. I I think it needs to get approved by the government because it's like Social Security. You basically put it in there and the technology and, you know, I dream big. Like I said, (laughs) doesn't mean it's going to materialize, but I would love for that. Speaking of that, though, if I'm going to ask you, say, hey, Tony, I'm going to give you unlimited funds, millions, billions, however money that you want, people that you need. It doesn't matter. You can hire anybody in the world to create a project. Two questions for you. What project would that be? And would you want to be known by that project? Oh, very good question, CJ. Without having time to prepare, one of the first things that I would think would be probably working on a project to get water to the parts of the world who go through extreme famine. And the reason is, is because People may not know, but in Kenya right now, they have an extreme amount of famine because of a drought. And they've, they've been suffering for that from that for a while. And as it was raining here today, I was thinking to myself, just the amount of rain that we had today where I live, 
would have probably saved the lives of a couple of people and, and their livestock. And I would love to figure out a way to help people around the world who are dealing with things like that, which we consider natural disasters and natural devastation to figure out a way to either prevent them from dying because of it or to help them be more sustainable throughout that process. So that will be my project. As far as me being known for it, at this point in my life, it doesn't really matter. I believe as long as it gets done, I definitely want to have a hand in it and roll my sleeves up and help do the work, not just funding it. But if the, if the end result is accomplished, which is to save people and to help other people, then my reward comes in, in the warmth of my heart, not, the, not necessarily the fame. Awesome. I would be there with you. I have a lot of African students. Actually, we have a lot of African listeners, too. I have students from Nigeria. I had a lawyer podcast, actually, who was my student. She was already a lawyer in Nigeria, but she came here for as an international student. And we had talk about, you know, certain things. And I have a lot. I volunteer a lot in Africa for education. And I love my students from Africa. They're amazing. They want to learn so much. And I'm like, wait, slow down. I don't have enough time. <laughs> like, you know, and yeah, and I love it. I love teaching because I'm learning at the same time. Like I love to learn a lot and just people, not necessarily theory, just people and their culture and, you know, how amazing and resilient they are to kind of like still live, even though we take everything for granted here, they're literally living on the edge. Right. And, and so, yeah, that's actually pretty amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now, my last question is I watched the Dalai Lama, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama interview, and he said, compassion basically begins within us, right? Mm. And then showing compassion to the world, because at the end of the day, we're brothers and sisters. Tony, how do you show compassion to the world? Was that the same interview where he was with Desmond Tutu? No, actually, it's a different interview. Yeah, I saw a documentary recently, and they're really good friends. Mm. Yeah, I actually shed a couple of tears because of the the friendship, the relationship they have. And that goes to my answer, which is here you have, when I looked at it, you have two people from different parts of the world, different cultures, different religions, different philosophies. And the thing that brought them together was the compassion they had for one another and the smiling because certain words the Dalai Lama didn't understand that Desmond Tutu was, was, was saying and his lifelong translator had to translate. But when he translated those words, that laughter, the compassion they had for one another was just beyond belief. As far as compassion for the world, one of the things that I would say is, is the reality is that all of us have similar goals. We have, I've traveled a lot, just like you have. And the thing that I would tell you is that every place I've been, 48 states in the U.S., eight different countries, there are basic foundational similarities between everybody I've ever had a conversation with. And this is what they are. They want their children to have a better life than they did. 
They want to live in a safe, secure place. They want to be able to provide for themselves. They want peace. They want education for their, their children and their grandchildren. And they want the opportunity to be able to create the lives that they want to lead. Anything else never came up in those conversations. And what that tells me is, is we have to have compassion for other people because your listeners right now, there are people who are probably at a happy point or happy place in their lives. And there are probably people who are struggling emotionally with the breakup. They may be struggling financially. They may be struggling because they recently lost a loved one or someone is sick or they're sick. And it's easy for us to just get so drawn into our own lives and focusing on ourselves that we we don't realize that when we walk down the street and when we drive down the street, people around us aren't living the same lives that we're living, even though we're occupying the same space. Mm-hmm. And if we just have compassion and kindness and, and greet each other with kind words and understand that if somebody is is, is, a, is maybe not as pleasant as we want them to be that day. We don't know. They may have just buried a loved one. Let's take a step back before we respond in a way that doesn't show compassion or empathy. Let's take a step back and say, you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They may be going through something. And I think if we can do that, whether it's in business, we treat our customers with respect, or you're a customer, you treat the business owners with respect, or you're just human beings and you treat your neighbors and your family with respect. I think we'll find more peace among ourselves. And I think we'll be able to have more joy as we go through life because those are the things that matter. The only two things that matters in life are your friends and family. That's it. Everything else comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Those are consistent things that we have in our lives. And unfortunately, we don't get to have those forever. No. Yeah. You're talking about death. We, in our family, just three deaths since July. And my business took a little hiatus because my business, I told my business partner, I'm like, guys, I just need to regain my own sanity. When you lose a loved one, you kind of you know it, it's in the back of your, you know, subconscious, you know how life is precious. But when you're actually faced with it, you kind of regroup your brain and regroup yourself and just even being more grateful that you have the ability to do something still, right? Because everything we are right now, everything we have all borrowed, all borrowed. It can go today, it can go tomorrow. And when you go, you can't take any of this stuff, nothing. Right. And so really, I think for me, the importance, even in business or in education or any industry is relationship, relationship, how you communicate with people and how you want to be communicated and set the expectations. Because I think even in business, if you tell me that my car is going to be done in 20 minutes and then you're like, oh, sorry, CJ, it's going to be three days. I don't have work or that's not happening. Right. But if you said, I'm sorry, I don't have any worker. It might take about three to four days. You set that expectations. Right. So your customers are not going to be mad. I actually like um, when I do business, I I don't over promise. I under promise, but I over deliver. That's how I make them happy. Right. 
and and just being honest because you can't control like you said you can't control anything at this point you can only control yourself and even then sometimes i don't even have the patience i have to literally walk away and i'm like oh emotional intelligence please kick in right now before i get into trouble you know like so yeah that's that's really amazing thank you for saying that any last minute or any last thought or viewpoints that you would like our listeners to take away from you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my intention today was to really give your audience some solid takeaways. And I know some of them will go out right away and they'll probably implement the strategies. And before long, they'll probably see some results, which is how do you deal with you know, tough times? How do you deal with these challenges? And like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, it, it's just time. You, you develop this over time. But here's what I know for sure, CJ, is that there are people in the audience who really value having support from someone like you or someone like me through your podcast or through the work that I do. And they really want us to walk with them on a side-by-side journey. That's what they really want. And, you know, they're looking for people who have the experience and who have the knowledge and wisdom to do that. And I, I offer myself as a resource. If someone wants to reach out to me, I'm really thankful that you're doing your podcast. We spoke a little bit before we started recording and you shared your story. And I'm really impressed by that, that you have this purpose of helping people, which is the same purpose that I have as well. At a certain point you get to life and this is for your listeners. You, you get to life you get to a point in your life when you really realize what's important. And it's not that you didn't before, but it hits home in a different way. There's, there are these experiences that make us really contemplate and think about what we've been doing and how it has any impact or does it have any impact whatsoever on anyone besides our, ourselves. And it's a very humbling point of your life when you have to look in the mirror and say, who have I helped beside myself? And then you, you, you want to get on a journey to help as many people as you can. And through your wisdom, CJ, the things that I've learned over 31 years in business and 51 years in life, I'm just willing to share those things with people and to talk to them about it. And I offer complimentary sessions. People can join me and and talk through and see what what solutions I have for them, if anything, regarding life and business strategies. But I want people to know when you go through tough times and difficult times, that it's hard to see through it in the moment. But the one thing I know is it will pass. And I've heard it said before that that pain comes in like a lion, like a roaring lion, and it leaves like the, the whimper of a of a cat and it's true but when you're in it you just need perspective so i would hope that people reach out to you and listen to your podcast i would hope that people reach out to me so that i can share stories with them as well that may run parallel to what they're dealing with in their lives that's awesome either way i'm just glad that they're here listening to both of us where can they find you are you on linkedin do you have a website share that yeah, absolutely. The best place to find me is at TonyRKitchens.com forward slash programs. That's T-O-N-Y-R as in Robert, 
K-I-T-C-H-E-N-S dot com forward slash programs. And you can scroll down and there's an option you can click to book a session, free session, just to talk, just like we did today. And that's the best place to find me. Social media links are also on my website. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that information. Thank you, CJ. I really appreciate you asking. Of course. Small business have to help each other, right? We got to. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. If you have any questions, email me at lua at levelupbydocleland.com. Lua, L-U-A-B-Y-D-O-C-L-E-Y-L-A-N-D.com. It's open for consultations and courses will be offered soon. I will see you in my next episode. Stay connected, informed, and inspired. Until next time.